What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome. Sean Murphy has moved on. Reportedly to the Atlanta Braves. The Brewers got an all-star. The A's got question mark, question mark, question mark. And here to sort it all out and upend the show that we had planned. Still going to talk about all that stuff too, though. So stick around. Xander Bogarts, the Padres. What comes next? Fernando Tatis Jr. Here to help me sort it all out is Robert Murray, fan side. It's MLB Insider. Robert, welcome to the show. Chaotic day. It's not the winter meetings, but it's equally absurd. Yeah, it felt like the winter meetings with how this last hour went. Like I was just casually getting ready for the uh, for the podcast here. And all of a sudden I had a text and then two texts saying there was a three team trade in the works. And uh, my guy talking Jake over at talking baseball and John boy was first on this. want to give him credit because he's the absolute man. But um, very interesting trade. Not a surprise that Sean Murphy got dealt. I did not see him going to the Braves, though, that uh because Alex Anthopoulos went on the record even like last week um, and said that they were pretty content with their catching situation. But you know how Alex Anthopoulos works. It's not like A.J. Preller, but he's always making calls and always trying to wheel and deal, and, and here we are. This one was super funny because if you follow the timeline, you know that Mark Feinstein before the winter meetings had Sean Murphy to the Braves as close briefly and then said the one team he's not going to is the Braves. And then we're like, all right, but it's still close, right? Let's keep a close watch. And then silence for the winter meetings. We were all waiting on, uh, you know, trades to to kick up and, and for the trade market to join the free agency market. And then all of a sudden, nothing, 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 something. All hell breaks loose and another all-star joins the proceedings. When did you know William Contreras was involved here too? So it's funny. This is what I've been tracking for a couple of weeks now. There has been indications that William Contreras has been available. Um, and I did not think a trade was going to materialize just because he's a really talented catcher um, and somebody that the organization really liked. But 
Um, Sean Murphy was the cream of the crop available on the trade market. And there, when there was a scenario in which um, they could attain uh, Murphy, specifically in a three-team trade, that's something they ended up jumping at. And um, yeah, so it's, it's also another one too, is I had found out earlier today that Estuary Ruiz was available via trade. And I could even give you some more information on that. He's been available for a while, which I thought was really interesting um, because they had acquired him um, for Josh Hader last year. And I think there is even a scenario in which the Brewers were open to moving Ruiz immediately after acquiring Hader, perhaps for a bat. Because, you know, there was a lot of signs or that the Brewers tried hard last year after trading Hader to upgrade the lineup. Unsuccessful in doing that, but I do think Ruiz was in play there, but here we are now and they make that off field trade and getting a catcher. Yeah. Top 10 prospect goes to the A's from the Brewers. Well-traveled at this point, Ruiz. Uh, interesting nugget about how he, despite his extreme success at AAA last year, the exit velocities didn't quite match the gold standard that the Padres typically have in their lineup. He an 18.8% hard hit rate. Nobody in the lineup was under 20. Uh, so that tells you maybe why they were keen to give him up for Hader. Now he goes to Oakland. What of the Oakland return here, Bird? I'm, I'm rocking the A's hat. Uh, it's one of my favorite hats. I don't really care about the Oakland A's, but they're in the news today uh, for dealing one of their last remaining superstars for a prospect package that I think many feel doesn't exactly steal the day here. The focus is on the Brewers. The focus is on Atlanta, obviously looking like they have the best lineup in the National League for sure. Uh, although the Padres and Phillies will have an argument there. What, what of the A's, what, what have they done here? Yeah. The, so I gotta be honest. I don't like this trade at all for the A's. Like it's got upside. Don't get me wrong. I, let me look at the return right now. They got Estuary Ruiz, who I I'm a huge fan of. Um, I think he's a really good player. And, and from every indication, the Padres and Brewers both liked him, um, but they just traded him to upgrade different parts of their team. They got Kyle Muller, the left-hander, who's a very good option there. Freddie Tarnick, um, who is, I believe, the number six-rated prospect. Um, and then they got Robert Salinas. I might be mispronouncing that, but he is a huge upside play. Um, and if everything clicks, he's got a shot to be a really good player. But if I'm the Oakland A's and I have Sean Murphy, who was the player that many teams like the Brewers were interested in him. Uh, the guardians were interested in him. Uh, there was plenty of interest throughout the league in Sean Murphy. I think you had, had to have gotten more uh, for him and um, maybe they proved me wrong, but I would give them probably about a C on this trade. It's not what you want unless you're trying to barely pass your classes before moving somewhere fun like Las Vegas, which is what it kind of seems like the Oakland A's are trying to do. Uh, yeah, Sean Murphy, most hottest trade commodity on the market. Guardians looking at him, Red Sox looking at him, Brewers looking at him. You say, and then this is this is it. It's it's you know a number Kyle Muller, number six prospect. The 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 Muller goes uh, the number six prospect. Tarnock goes to Oakland. Ruiz goes to Oakland. Fine, interesting, sure. Big fan of Ruiz as a player, just like you are, but not exactly the blockbuster most we're assuming. And, and at like last year's trade deadline, wouldn't Sean Murphy have gotten more last summer with with additional control? Couldn't we have pulled the trigger then? 
I, th I think that's probably, I think that's probably a, a safe thing to assume, but also moving a catcher at the trade deadline is a little bit more difficult just because he's got to learn an entire new pitching staff on the fly. Um, and in this case, Murphy is going to have the, the entire, well, the remainder of the off season and the entire like spring training to get to know his pitching staff. So it's, it's easier from the acquiring team standpoint to add a catcher like that. But um, I certainly think the A's probably would have gotten more um, at the deadline if they did move them. But it's, as I said, it comes with complications. Yeah, still the gold standard at the position right now. And the Atlanta Braves are more formidable today than they were yesterday. Uh, and, and entering last year's postseason, we're probably the probably the betting favorites to meet the Dodgers in the NLCS. Shocker, we didn't get either half of that. But there's a reason Atlanta is who they are right now. Team-friendly deals, rookies coming up, making immediate contributions. And when they get the chance to trade for a Sean Murphy, especially with a package like this, they don't mess that up. Uh, but one guy left out in the cold for now, as Mark Powell brings up in the comments, Dansby Swanson got married this past weekend. Still not, uh, you know, he's, he's the one missing man from last year's Braves lineup before they traded Contreras today. Uh, what do you think this means for him? And, and what's the latest on that situation? Because the rumor mill has gone a little bit dry in the wake of the Xander Bogarts move to San Diego, which we will talk about in a bit. But what, what's sort of the latest on Dansby? What does this mean for him? Yeah, I I don't think it's impossible for him to go to Atlanta. I know there was a report from, I believe it was Mark Bowman, um, saying that the Braves really haven't engaged too much, uh, which is kind of similar to what happened with Freddie Freeman last year. Um, but as I said, I, I think Atlanta is still an option, but you look at a team like the Dodgers who have, they've, they're still interested. I can definitely confirm that. But that being said, every indication that I've gotten on, on the Dodgers and Swanson is that kind of pairing is unlikely. Um, I think that would only happen if the market for him really cratered. Um, I think another team that would make sense, or actually there's two teams, but I'll mention the Minnesota twins first. Um, they've been monitoring the Carlos Correa situation and it's, I mean, it's possible that they would like, or it's possible that they bring him back. They'd like to, but it get might, they might get too expensive. And if it does get too expensive, then they can shift to a guy like Swanson, who's going to probably cost about half of what, um, of what Correa is going to get. So I think that's one to watch. And then the Giants too, if they miss on Correa, I think any team that misses on Correa um, instantly becomes a top candidate to sign um, Dansby Swanson. You know, it's funny, you know, who hasn't hopped into this pool at all yet is our favorite team of the offseason. We spent probably a month saying, wouldn't Carlos Correa be the perfect Baltimore Oriole? And we're still not seeing that. They didn't pounce. They haven't signed a pitcher since Kyle Gibson. Feels, come on, Orioles, your window is your window is opening. We talked about this. We, do, do you guys not listen to the podcast? We talked about this. And I'm, I'm still sort of seeing the Twins and Giants and to a lesser extent, the Dodgers in on these key shortstops. Yeah, it's it's been relatively disappointing to see the Orioles not mentioned for any of these guys. But I also want to like I want to say this: it is their first year of what is going to be probably what six, seven, eight years of contention. Um, I mean, we, they don't have to do anything right away. Um, it's it's better to um, make calculated moves rather than rushing into the free agent pool. Um, and making signings that you're going to regret in a year or two or three. 
Um, so I can understand that, but if they don't do anything by next year or even the year after that, then it's going to be like, what are we doing here? But I, I would right now, I would, I would hit the, the opposite of the panic button. What's the, what's the, Oh, I'll, I'll pull a, a common Aaron Rodgers line. Uh, relax. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's what Orioles fans should be telling themselves right now, because this is going, they're building a sustainable winner and Mike Elias he deserves the benefit of the doubt. He's uh, he's done a really nice job there. Yeah, I don't think those Astros guys are messing around. Uh, and and you know you may not have believed in them when they were bringing the prospect core to the bigs. Those guys arrived last year in a big way. Rutschman will be there a while. Gunner will be there a while. Stay patient. And like Kurt said, Orioles hit that subscribe button. Everybody who's not currently subscribed, please also hit that subscribe button. Like the feed. This is where we're gonna be. Live at 3.30 Eastern Mondays and Thursdays, all off-season long. And hey, sometimes a massive three-team trade breaks. Talking Jake plants the seeds. Everybody chases it around. Robert was a big part of breaking that. Got some of the prospect names first. Got the credit from Ken Rosenthal. That was a hell of a tweet. Uh, But sometimes that happens at 3.30 Eastern. Throws off the pod, but we're here as soon as we can be. And uh, we're going to be here all off-season long for all of you. No, that we are. And I can tell you, if you do subscribe, uh, we will instantly become best friends. So, mm-hmm. I mean, sounds pretty enticing to me. Look at the current list of subscribers. What do we got? Like 830? It's a good deal. Good yeah, deal. We, get, we need to get to 1,000 subscribers by the end of the month. How's that sound? My goal is 1,000 subscribers by the end of the month. 1,000 best friends for you. We're at 831 right now. Pretty good number, but it can go higher. Uh, because I'm not a math guy, but I do know that numbers go higher than 831. So let's just get ourselves to a thousand. Uh, and if we don't get there, yeah, we'll we'll figure out. Uh, our producer Sean Daly is giving us challenges for in case we don't get to uh, that thousand mark. We got to come up with some really embarrassing stuff, and we and we will do it. Believe me, I'm terrified. That's that's all I got to say about that. Because he's mentioning the possibility of eating cheese or the dreaded Reese's peanut butter cup, which is an absolutely wretched candy. Um, have you you've really never done that? You've never done a peanut butter cup? Oh, I've eaten them before. Um, did not enjoy it though. Although that being said, I actually did enjoy them as a kid, but not now. They're uh, yeah, not good. Very Look, bad. some of us some of us age out of different tastes. Uh, some of us age out of running a sustainable contender, uh, and I guess that's what the Oakland A's management decided to do. Uh, Estuary Ruiz, that's your guy. Uh, the Braves number six pitching prospect. That's That's your guy. Uh, Well, let's move on to a team that's been doing big business in recent weeks. The San Diego Padres. Uh, You were on this. Again, this podcast was was the first place where we really talked strongly about the Trey Turner-Padres connection. After Turner did not go to the Padres, you cautioned that Preller, the wild man, was maybe not done. Maybe can't count him out of these markets. After a day of momentum uh, in the Red Sox direction, or at least people wanted us to believe that the Red Sox were getting closer to zeroing in on Xander Bogarts. Boom. There are the Padres at the 11th hour, literally past midnight on the East coast with an 11 year, $280 million deal. Somebody was going to take that money. Eventually it was not Turner. It wasn't Aaron judge. It was Xander Bogarts. And now for the next year, who knows with the opt out, the Padres have Xander Bogarts, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr. Juan So. All under contract for next year in a season where they clearly think they can take the NL West and potentially more from the Dodgers. 
No, they absolutely they absolutely can. They beat the Dodgers in the playoffs last year, and they have gotten better while the Dodgers have not added. They've only lost what Trey Turner. They've lost they've lost a good amount of people um, on that team. Bellinger, um, Bellinger, a good call there. Um, I'm struggling to remember the other names off the top of my head, but the Padres. Bueller's not coming back. Like you, you're going to live this year without Bueller. Tyler Anderson gone. Justin Turner, maybe future up in the air. There's a lot of moving pieces there. Yeah, they, it is. And I can, I can also report that the Diamondbacks has an interest in Turner is very real. Same with the Marlins. Uh, Craig Mish over at the Miami Herald and sports grid uh, reported earlier today that the Marlins have made Turner an offer and it's believed to be competitive. So I don't think anything is imminent there, but um, those are two teams certainly to watch. Um, but going back to the Padres, they are, as dangerous as ever. Um, they have only upgraded what is a really talented team. And I can also tell you that they are not done. Um, <laughs> they are, um, they're one of the teams that are currently in on Christian Vasquez. Um, and I, there has been indications as Ken Rosenthal reported that a deal for uh, Vasquez might be getting closer. Uh, we don't know what team that would be. Um, cause the twins are involved. Um, there's a couple other teams that are involved too, but, um, AJ Preller doesn't sleep and he considers any in every scenario, but I can tell you one scenario, Adam, that he does not consider. Mm-hmm. And that is a potential Fernando Tatis trade. Please. The Padres, the, the Padres are not considering a Tatis trade. They are not making him available. Any report you read on the internet is suggesting that a trade is possible is not true. Um, so just to squash any reports there, Tatis is not going anywhere. Um, and it's time to, it's time we put that to bed. Wait, let me get this straight. So you're telling me that a San Diego Padres team coming off an NLCS trip without Tatis, getting Tatis back, getting Bogarts, getting a full season of Soto to establish their dominance in the NLS you're telling me that that team doesn't have interest in trading the face of baseball off their roster? This is preposterous. What are you talking about? Of course, he's yeah. a Yankee. Yeah, who could have seen that coming? Unbelievable. You know, I mean, it's um, like I, I've checked on this for weeks, and the Padres' stance remains the same. They intend to build this team around Tatis. They wanted to add good players around him to maximize this roster and give them the best chance of winning a World Series. And they believe, as they should, that winning the world series or their best chance of winning a world series is with Fernando Tatis jr. Um, but it's, uh, and also if they traded him now, they would be selling astronomically low, um, on Tatis. He's only 23. Um, he's currently suspended. He's coming off of two surgeries with one on his wrist and his shoulder, uh, trading him right now makes no sense. Plus he's got a no trade clause. So he basically controls, um, as if there wasn't he already. He, yeah, he controls his destiny. And I mean, after 2028, he gets 10 to five rights. So he controls his destiny for the rest of his career. So, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's not, he's not going anywhere. That's yeah. I, I'm yeah. I don't know. Well, I do know that he's not going anywhere that much. I know. I, yeah, I mean, last year, look again, last year, not great for Fernando Tatis Jr.'s uh, legacy, right? We're not, we're not loving the motorcycle accident. We're not loving the PED suspension. 
Uh, PD suspended Tatis is in no way the face of baseball. That's Judge. I would say it's Aaron Judge now. I would say it was Tatis prior to last season. Um, he was certainly a, a central figure in Major League Baseball. Um, and the, the Padres thought they were going to make a push at the end of last season because they were getting back. They didn't nope. get him, and it was a huge blow that they overcame to make an NLCS run. But like you said, they signed Bogart to this wild deal. Some would call it an overpay. Others would call it just living in Steve Cohen's America. Sometimes you have to do stuff like this. It's a lot of money, but that's what it takes to maybe pair a future Hall of Famer in Xander Bogarts with this ridiculous core. And some would say, I am questioning uh, Manny Machado's future a little bit just because he does have an opt-out after this year. If 31-year-old Aaron Judge got nine years and $360 million, 31-year-old Manny Machado can do better than five years, 150. A good, a significant deal better. I don't think he's not getting judge money, but he, he's going to make more than that. The Padres are saying all the right things. They get it. They know they'd like to retain Machado too, it would seem, based on their recent comments. Do you have any sort of read on that situation? And, and how likely is it that the two sides maybe look at that contract, rip it up, and come to an extension handshake before the season starts and this can all get a little wonky yeah i i can't say i've heard anything there um just because we're still about a year away from that being like a thought but like he absolutely is going to get paid if he does opt out of his contract and i think if my memory is correct he would be the first player in baseball history to secure not not one but two 300 million dollar contracts i mean if if he does get 300 million and Considering the way he's playing now, um, he certainly appears to be on pace for that. But I, I cannot rule anything out with the Padres, and especially when it comes to spending money, because Peter Seidler, uh, he has been spending money aggressively, uh, and that's putting it very lightly. Uh, yeah, like it's it's crazy. I mean, he spent all this money to get or to sign Fernando Tatis Jr. He signs Manny Machado. He signs Xander Bogarts, and then he goes out and trades for Juan Soto, who very well could command the first $500 million contract in baseball history. It is what he has done in what is considered a small market is freaking awesome. It is great for baseball. Um, like I, I think having owners spend like that and wanting to go all in for a World Series is, is just cool, and I wish more teams did it, um, but you have teams – like the Oakland A's who trade everybody who's good. And um, it's, it's, it's sad because, uh, I mean, if the A's kept all their players, they have a really good team. Um, yeah, there you go. Sorry to make you turn. turn protest. A yeah. protest hat twist. Yeah, it's, it's a huge bummer. The A's were a sustainable contender for an extremely long time. Uh, there's a reason that they have this burgeoning fan base. It's now disappearing. Um, yeah, why is why is it, it? It shouldn't be a bad thing that teams are spending a ton of money. Uh, Steve Cohen is making his own the tax that is named after him feel a little bit silly because he's willing to escape it like crazy. The Padres and Seidler are ponying up money. You guys should have all learned from the Yankees in the 90s, like in the in the 2000s when they really started spending that it's no guarantee, it just is a guarantee of a competitive product. You don't know you're getting a World Series out of it. You're just trying as hard as possible to get to the World Series and hopefully win it. So everyone was mad at the Yankees when they used to do it. People are starting to get a little mad at the Padres and the Mets because they're seeing their teams get left in the dust. But you know what? Should be It should be a warning to other owners and other groups. It shouldn't be this like, 
these teams shouldn't be uncatchable behemoth. They should just be the carrot in front of you as you try to build a contender. Oh, I honestly, you couldn't have summed that up any better. And I hope it incentivizes other teams to spend more um, and other owners to open up their pocketbooks a little bit more. Um, and I kind of think we've seen that a little bit um, this off season, just with the, the prices that some of these players have gone like for. Um, but also a lot of it is because of the really slow trade market um, and teams valuing their prospects. And um, I'm, I'm thinking the Sean Murphy trade is going to open things up a little bit. Like there's been talks um, from other executives of like different players being available. So I think we should know more hopefully within like the next week or so. Um, but I'm sure as heck hoping that a lot of these owners go all in or try to go all in to be competitive because between you got the Dodgers who have spent a lot of money, you got the Padres who have spent a lot of money. You have the Mets, the Braves, the Phillies, um, the Cardinals who just spent big on Wilson Contreras. Like these are a lot of national league teams being competitive. I, I freaking love it. I think it's, I think it's awesome. It's unreal, and hopefully we get some more of that trade news before Thursday's podcast. We can share it all with you. Seeing some names in the comments, people asking about Chris Bassett, Carlos Rodon. We will get to them for sure in the pitching market, as well as the Mets bringing Senga in and blowing that up even further. Uh, $420 million, I believe, all in with that luxury tax payment. Just crazy. Uh, but before we pivot to the quicker hits, I do want to touch on the Boston Red Sox, just because I'm not going to lose an opportunity to sort of step on their t- step on their tail and make them squirm a little bit. Bogarts is gone. Uh, all indications were that, that Bloom sort of knew earlier in the day that he was probably going to be gone. And that this was, a, I think the Red Sox made a competitive offer at the end of the day, but I think it was not competitive in this current market. And it should have been made last spring. If they really valued the player. I'm reading between the lines. I don't think they value Xander Bogarts as much as Red Sox fans value Xander Bogarts. I guess we'll never know because they're not going to tell us. But now, oh, look, Red Sox, you have another chance to make things right with your fans. Rafael Devers hits free agency next offseason and is going to command a thicker contract than Bogarts, probably. What's your read on Boston's plan? Do they have a plan? And, and does that plan include Rafi Devers? Oh, they have a plan, and I know that may be hard for Red Sox fans to see right now with how those Andrew Bogarts negotiations played out. Um, I I do believe, like the the Red Sox, they would in their ideal world would retain Rafael Devers. Um, that is going to be a pretty lucrative extension when and if it gets done. Um, so I, I'm I'm not going to handicap it right now because we still have quite a bit of time uh, before that decision has to be made, but. Um, that Xander Bogarts negotiation, like what Bloom said was the exact indication that I got the day that he was signing was that earlier in the morning, um, I had somebody who is very, very, very plugged in tell me that Bogarts was going to be a Padre. Um, I checked, it wasn't done, but every indication I got at that point was that the Padres were significantly ahead of the Red Sox in negotiations in terms of what they were offering. And lo and behold, that proved to be true. And that is a huge pill for the Red Sox and High and Bloom to swallow. And they have to bounce back from that. And I wondered if they could end up being a team that gets aggressive on some of these bigger free agents. I don't think that'll be the case. I could be wrong, but um, it 
I, it's very interesting that the Red Sox have spent what what do they spend on Trevor Story? They spent quite a bit of money there. Yeah, um, I think it was one one forty six for one forty. But let me look that up. Obviously, I know <laughs> I shouldn't know Red Sox contracts at the drop of a hat, but that's how much of a hater I am. Yeah, I mean, you are. I mean, that shows you're a true loyal hater. So good job by Adam. <laughs> and then they spent what was it ninety million the other day? Um, uh, yeah, that? Yoshida got ninety plus the posting fee, so it ended up being one hundred five million all in. Story yeah. was six years, 140. So honestly, punt me off of a bridge because I shouldn't know that. But apparently <laughs> I do. Yeah, uh, and, and yeah, they invest in the, in a Japanese outfielder and on base machine, but not Xander Bogarts. Yep. Well, sorry, you cut out there for a second, Adam. But um, there you go. I think I got you now. But anyways, um, right after that, the Red Sox signed Yoshida. Um, I had people in baseball text me saying it was a massive overpay. Um, And all of a sudden the next day I see Kylie McDaniel quote 10 anonymous executives saying basically the exact same thing. Um, And that, that deal throughout the league was considered a huge overpay. And the fact that the Red Sox gave 90, well actually 105 million, including posting fee to the Yoshida um, instead of paying Xander Bogarts, who is their homegrown star, that's tough. That's really tough. Um, Xander Bogart should have never left the should have never left the Red Sox. I am convinced of that. And not resigning him was a huge organizational failure. And you see the tide turning a little bit, at least I'd say a lot in the fan base. Where when Mookie Betts left, you had a lot of Red Sox fans justifying it, saying he's not going to extend here. You know, we got Verdugo, we got Downs, let's move on. And I'm sort of sitting there saying, don't you want to win with your guys, though? Don't you want to keep winning with your guys? Do you really want to just turn over this big market roster? And then now that Bogarts is gone, you are seeing people saying, this never had to happen. Yoshida over Bogarts looks like a pretty one-to-one pick. Uh, You know, we're taking the unproven, you know, outfield commodity instead of our superstar, our captain. I think people are pretty frustrated this time around. And I, I can't blame them. And maybe Yoshida turns out to be a really good major leader. Um, but I know there's plenty of people in baseball who are skeptical that he'll end up living to that or living up to that contract. But um, you knew what you had in Xander Bogarts. And man, that uh, it's a shame. It really is a shame. And um, I'm, as I said before, I'm very curious to see what the Red Sox do. My guess and this is my indication as of now, things can change in negotiations. Um, I don't think Nathan Uvalde is going back. Um, wow. So I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see where they pivot um, or how they pivot. Just a very confusing offseason, to, to say the least. A super strange offseason that started with all of us saying they're getting outbid on all these minor deals for Zach Eflin and Andrew Heaney. Then they pivot on a dime. They sign Chris Martin and Kenley and Yoshida and momentum is building. And then it turns into Xander Bogarts is actually, he took 120 additional million dollars, but there's a reason that we all think they might be like, don't they have it in them to lurk in the Correa chase and the Carlos Rodon chase? Cause they have this money burning a hole in their pocket and they are the Boston Red Sox. But like you said, no indication they're going to do it yet other than the fact that they're just a, an historic name and an historic spender. 
Yep. And like, I don't want to like, I don't want to say that like the Red Sox are going to do nothing um, because I mean, they'll do something. It just won't be, I don't think it'll be the something that most fans want. You know, I don't think it'll be a big move. Um, but like specifically like talking about Rodon, who you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, my guess is that he goes to the Yankees. Um, that is my, like my guess as of right now, like they are not the only team involved here. Um, the Giants, I believe are still lurking even after signing uh, Sean Mania last night to a two-year contract. Um, there's been reports about the St. Louis Cardinals being involved. Um, if they are, I think it's generally considered pretty unlikely that he goes to St. Louis. Um, so I, as I said, I think it'll be the Yankees, but anything can happen. Like things can change with one phone call, but that's my indication as of right now, or that's my feeling as of right now. Interesting. Uh, do we have sort of a timeline on that potentially? Because uh, I know a lot of people are playing the waiting game. And I also know uh, the Rodon smoke was pretty heavy last Wednesday, Thursday, and a little bit. Uh, since then, you're hearing more and more teams joining the conversation. Uh, the the Giants, like you said, the buzz today is they're absolutely not out. It, you know, even after signing Sean Mania, that's not going to preclude them from making that move and continuing those conversations. The Dodgers, uh, we had a commenter a while back, uh, my man Tato, asking if the Dodgers were, you know, pushing harder in the lead on Rodon. And, uh, you know, they haven't dealt with the Scott Boris client in 10 years. They haven't extended one or signed a, a Boris free agent. And so that would be deviating from, from that history. And it would also be, you know, Rodon is looking for years, as I understand it. The Dodgers have been reticent to offer length, and they mostly offer these short-term fat contracts uh which seems especially to be true this offseason where they've been largely silent and everybody's sort of waiting on their otani offer next winter uh what are you hearing on i guess the question is what are you hearing on rodon's timeline and and are the dodgers involved at all or, or not so much so i don't have an exact rodon timeline uh but i have to imagine that'll happen between now and like the all-star break. No, I'm just kidding. It, it'll, it'll, <laughs> You'd have to think. You'd have to think. Yeah, you, you, would, you would think, but no, I, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it may not have happened now, um, but I certainly think like we should have some clarity here within the next week or two. Um, I feel pretty comfortable saying that. And maybe because we have Christmas coming up in like two weeks. I, my guess is he signed sometime before Christmas. It could be even much sooner than that, but like, he's going to take his time with it. And Boris isn't going to accept the deal until he gets what he wants. Um, but that being said with, with the Dodgers, I don't envision them being a legitimate contender uh, for Rodon. And they do, they could absolutely use some starting pitching. Um, I think that's pretty clear. Um, but I, I cannot tell you how many times at at the winter meetings, I had people come up to me and say, do you think the Dodgers are going to pursue Shohei Otani? And like that, that feels like someone that they would absolutely do anything for. Um, I'm not going to say it's like, like there's no guarantees in free agency, like anything can happen, but Shohei Otani's market is, is going to be absolutely freaking berserk. Um, I mean, there's so many teams that you can mention. I, I feel like all of baseball should be in on Otani. Uh, so the Dodgers are going to have plenty of competition. But um, I certainly think a lot of their moves or lack thereof 
they want to be flexible this year, next year, and going forward. And sure, Otani is probably part of that equation, but um, man, that uh, the show I cannot wait for the Shohei Otani talk for like the next 12 months. It is going, it's probably going to consume this podcast. So I'm just going to apologize in advance for, for hello, Shohei Otani talk. How could it not, though? You are signing Aaron Judge and Carlos Rodon at the same time. You are signing one man who is Aaron Judge and Carlos Rodon. So we will definitely talk about that, and, and maybe the Yankees are about to live out that offseason one year early. We will find out in the coming weeks. What I do know is that over the weekend it was Carlos Rodon's birthday, and I know that because Yankee fans found his Venmo <laughs> and bombed it with very small payments, like paying him a quarter – just to tell him, hey, man, come to the Yankees. And he paid everybody back. And he uh, that probably took a really long time and probably bugged him. Uh, he didn't want to take anybody's money. So I would say, good man, uh, Carlos Rodon, good guy. Uh, but if you're a Yankee fan out there, you probably just don't don't troll LinkedIn for Carlos Rodon. Uh, don't DM his caterer on Instagram. Don't do any of this business. Uh, he, he will make a decision when the time comes. No, exactly. Yeah, don't don't do that kind of stuff, people. Because like that's, yeah, that's yeah, that's just not 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 good. But um, Carlos wrote on Venmoed me a hundred dollars to tell me to tell everyone to stop doing that. So how about that? I'm trying. See, Carlos wrote on fan of the Baseball Insider. Can you blame him? Like, I mean, Carlos wrote on subscriber to the Baseball Insiders every Monday and Thursday at three thirty Eastern. He is there with a fork and knife, ready to consume some baseball content. Like, I hope all of you are at the napkin on your neck, just ready to eat it up, get that sauce all over that napkin. Uh, food metaphor. Uh, get that Reese's, wipe that Reese's peanut butter cup, loose melted chocolate off your mouth. And, and please come join us and subscribe. Drop a review, drop a comment, like the channel. Uh, we would love to see all of you fine folks every Monday and Thursday. That's 4.30 Eastern. Uh, sorry, 3.30 Eastern. It's 3.30 Eastern. It was 4.30 yeah. Eastern today, but it's usually 3.30 Eastern. And that's on me. That's on me for doing a long subscribe spiel and for getting the time of the podcast. We'll see you here at 3.30 Eastern. Uh, one more name that's getting floated in the chat and uh, who, who signed between the three-way trade breaking and the pod going live is Chris Bassett, uh, who is a Blue Jay, three years, 21 mil annually. I would say acquitted himself pretty well with the New York Mets this season, although he did pitch the game three that ended the New York Mets season. Rory E, have you mentioned Chris Bassett? Brother, you know that I have right now. It took till the 37-minute mark, but we got That's her done cool. for you. Uh, what What is your read on Bassett's market and, and whether that deal is uh, likely to revolutionize the Jays' rotation, which Toronto's had kind of a weird offseason. You got Kiermaier. They trade Teoscar Hernandez. They lurk in the woods for a while. But this is a pretty high-profile move. It is a high-profile move, and adding another starter was something that they prioritized. Like they tried for Andrew Heaney, and they missed um, because he signed with Texas for what was it, two for twenty-five? Um, mm -hmm. And getting Bassett, um, I think, is a really nice move for them. It uh, it shores up the rotation, um, and they still have the flexibility to make another move if they wanted to. Like they still, even after adding Kevin Kiermaier, they're going to add another outfield bat. I feel pretty comfortable with that. Like. You can look at like a guy like Michael Conforto as an option. Um, I mean, if you want to go to the trade market, and I'm going to preface with this, this is probably on the highly unlikely side, but Brian Reynolds, mm -hmm. um, like the Blue Jays and the Pirates front office, they are like 
um, Ben Charrington and Steve Sanders from the Pirates front office were previously in Toronto and knows the Toronto farm system very well. Um, but each side knows their own tendencies and they know like inside secrets. And I think that is going to make a potential Reynolds to Toronto match pretty complicated. Um, so I'm not, I would not get your hopes up on Reynolds going to Toronto. Like maybe I'm wrong and maybe they end up finding a, a path to a deal. But um, I, I think, um, as I said, the Blue Jays are going to add an outfielder at some point, but it just, don't think it'll be Reynolds. I'm going to start a trade rumor on this podcast oh, no. uh, because we we got the Sean Murphy situation. It's over, right? We cleared the biggest name on the trade market. We cleared the number one available catcher. Uh, yeah, get that atom bomb going. Uh, this is unsourced. Uh, but uh, the, the Sean Murphy trade goes down. That does make me think of, okay, well, it, the Braves, it wasn't the Guardians, it wasn't the Red Sox, it wasn't some of the rumored teams who need catcher help, especially the Guardians. The yep. Blue Jays have a glut behind home plate. What are the odds that we see some movement there where Gabriel Moreno could go, uh, Danny Jansen specifically, uh, feels like a Cardinal to me. Um, it, are, are any of these Blue Jays catchers? Is that dam about to burst a little bit? Um, it could but like i'm see here's the thing is um the cardinals like they were they're very reluctant to part with dylan carlson or large new bar in a trade um and i think those are the players that toronto specifically wants um and there was a report from i believe shy davidi over in toronto that um the cardinals tried to trade ryan helsley uh their closer um in exchange for one of those catchers but toronto said no um like we had mentioned, um, or you had mentioned the Guardians. I am under the impression they're going in a different route. Mm. It would not surprise me if they added a catcher this week or in the coming days. Mm. Um, there you go. Um, I rose up. Yeah. So, and yeah, like I, I don't know. Like the, the fits there are not obvious right now. Like clearly there's other teams that could be involved, but. Um, I don't think those two teams as of right now are the most likely trade destinations for any of those catchers. Very interesting. Yeah. Shout out to Lars Toot Bar. Obviously, Burner, we listening for a while. Uh, I was going to say it. Yeah. So I actually, in a, in a text with um, some, like, a, I believe it was a GM a while ago, I actually, instead of saying Lars Newt Bar, I said Lars Toot Bar. Um, and he asked if I was drunk. Um, <laughs> which the answer was no, but that made me feel like an absolute idiot. Um, that was bad. That was really bad. But anyways, continue, Adam. Sorry, I had to update. No. I had to turn you in my toot bar content. Yeah, we had to clear up the toot bar because long live Lars toot bar, and it, he's going to be a recurring theme on this podcast for as long as the Toronto Blue Jays are asking about him. Uh, is it more realistic they get toot bar or Reynolds, you think? <laughs> I don't think either is likely the Cardinals real like like Reynolds is obviously someone that fans are very aware of especially after his trade request but the Cardinals really 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 like Lars Newbar. Um he's someone they're very fond of um so I'm, I'm not even gonna yeah I just think both are unlikely at this point well we will keep tabs on the rest of the Blue Jays offseason we'll come to you when we have the information Trevor wanted me to send somebody to the Cubs. Trevor, I'm sorry. I just don't have that power. Uh, but stay tuned. The, the Cubbies do have to uh, Cubbies do have to get involved in this offseason at some point soon, don't they, Robert? 
They, I would imagine so. And like, they're also another team that's lurking in the shortstop market. We're talking to Cubs, right? Oh yeah. Yep. That's yeah. They're also lurking in the shortstop market. And I, I know they have interest in Dom Smith who was recently non-tendered by the New York Mets. So they have, um, I mean, they have plenty of different options and I'm sure there's plenty that we're not even talking about now. So um, yeah, it should be, it should be a very fun remainder of the off season here. I can also say that the trade, the three team trade has officially been announced. Um, so that's uh, that was a very fun way to, to kick off the baseball insiders here. I appreciate everybody for being patient, by the way, that uh, that was very nice of you uh, for all the comments as well. Um, Adam and, and Sean Daly, who's our wonderful producer behind the scenes. I thank you. Well, this was a, yeah, this was a historic day. The trade is official. Uh, Brewers fans and Braves fans read up on it. Get to know your players. A's fans. We're so sorry, um, man. It would also really suck to get non-tendered by the Mets at this point, knowing how much money Steve Cohen has, like for him to look you in the eyes and say, I will not be offering you a contract. That has to be a huge bummer. Uh, so sorry to Dom Smith. We will uh, maybe we'll see you in Chicago. James McCann could be on the market. Liam Hendricks could be on the market. So much more to come this offseason. And we thank you for sticking with the baseball insiders. You will see us on Thursday and every Monday and Thursday at 3:30 p.m. Eastern time. That is 3:30 with a three, two threes, in fact, not 4:30, though. Sometimes we'll probably still be chugging by 4:30, but 3:30 Eastern. Like the channel, like the video, subscribe while you're here, and get us on all your podcast platforms in audio form. Robert Murray, thank you so much for breaking it down with me today and helping me through this absolute mess of a three-team deal. My pleasure, my guy. We'll uh, we'll talk to you every, everybody on Thursday. Uh, thank you for watching, Adam. The show would not be possible without you, so we appreciate you as always, my guy. And the show would not be possible without you, my friend, in a in a more front and center way. But I appreciate the kind words, and I'll be relying on you for scoops for the rest of the offseason. And so can all of you, again, at 3.30 Eastern time, Mondays and Thursdays. Look for that little alarm bell on YouTube and come join us. Until next time, Robert, thanks so much, man. This was awesome. Thank you. Bye, everybody.